Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivian.com tracy.com and it's sex talk s-e-x-t-o-k to reflect our tiktok viral success i hope you enjoy enter your questions on our website listen up send it to friends and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts enjoy tracy how are you today i'm very well thank you very very happy as we both are gosh these loveys the lovey awards we won four i'm like over the moon about this. We won in the podcast category, we won the gold award, which is the highest one for the health and wellness podcast category. Then we got silver awards for best host in podcasts and best interview talk show. So we were number two in Europe. And then best in social, we won sex talk with Zippy and Tracy. We got a silver in health and wellness. I mean, that's so amazing. I can't even believe it. I didn't think we'd win any. I know. Because we're like, you know, because you can go into the lobbies and you can see how they're going. It was like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) But that is extremely, I mean, mean, this is my Lovey Award from when I won in 2019, 2019 Lovey Award winner for podcasts, interview talk show. And this was like third prize. This was a bronze and it's like a thousand pounds. I could actually use it if I ever do workout videos again, because it's (laughs) super heavy and it has like a little heart. See, you love it. Oh, that's so cute. So yeah, I like flew to London and went up on stage and it was this two day boondoggle of events. And it was like a whole big thing. And now we won four. So I don't know. I'm very excited. Yes. I had never heard of the lovies, but apparently if you're in the in the business of doing podcasts and digital, you do, you know about the lovies. So yes, the function's on tonight, which I can't go to, but never mind. Well my friend is going. Hopefully we have the same so the US one is the Webbies and the UK one is the Lovies. So let's see if yeah. we do just as well in the Webbies, because we did en- enter those as well. So fingers crossed. <laughs> Anyway. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Right. I mean, I don't know. Somebody likes us, Tracy. Somebody likes us. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Okay. So we have three questions and a sex tip per usual. The first Mm -hmm. question, and it says, this episode is all about keeping lust alive long-term. Why does lust die over time? The argument for duty sex and practical tips to help keep desire high. 
Oh, sounds okay. good. I have to say that this is how do I keep love alive? Like, how do I keep desire going in a long term relationship? Is the magic question, I have to say, that everybody asks. So I thought it was absolutely worth picking three questions around that theme and just having that as the, the basic theme of the whole thing. Totally. Okay. Thank you for doing that. Question number one I am a 28 year old woman and I've been with my partner for six years. I love him desperately, but I'm not that interested in having sex with him anymore. I know that it's normal for interest in sex to fall over time, but I'm young and six years isn't that long. Is this a sign I've chosen the wrong person or will this eventually happen with anyone I'm with long-term? Do you know, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but how many good solid couples have you seen break up because the person says, oh, I don't last after my partner anymore and they leave and they get with someone else and then they find themselves back in exactly the same position and regret that they left the first person. I, don't, I just know so many people like that. And it's because of all these myths that we have going on. You haven't chosen wrong at all. And I'm sorry, but six years is a long time in libido land. It really is. That's like <laughs> libido ancient land. history. Yeah. Because seriously, lust goes after about 18 months. That spontaneous desire that everybody talks about, that sort of looking at your partner and going, God, I've got to rip their clothes off right now. You know, nothing's going to stop me. That is totally driven by hormones and they dry up. So if you want to keep that going, and which is what everybody wants, of course, you're going to have to change partners every six months because that's about the only way that you are going to keep that going. And some people Tracy do, is not, of Tracy is not recommending that everybody have a new partner every six months. If you are married, you can still stay married. Anyway, keep going. Yes, you can still stay married. And it's a bit miserable. I mean, actually, that's what loads of people do when they're young, isn't it? They do do that whole change partners all the time to keep the lust going. But it doesn't, it's not a very workable plan if you want to have a nice life, really. No one's saying that, you know, long-term sex is awful after that, but you have to put the effort in. It's not just going to magically happen. Now, why does lust die, which is interesting? Why aren't we built to have hot sex forever? Well, of course, the answer is evolution. Relationships move through three stages. There's lust and infatuation. Then you go through the romantic stage, and then you go through the attachment stage. And the attachment stage is, of course, when you're all calm and stable, you've worked out all your differences, lust has died a little bit, but you're still having sex. And that is when you have the babies. And sex is all about procreation. So you might think to yourself, well, I need hot sex for the rest of my life. But evolution doesn't care less if you have hot sex for the rest of your life. It's totally pointless. So we are not programs for this. It's, it's, it's more natural for desire to go in a long-term relationship than it is to stay. So I think we all need to come around to that idea that this is going to affect all of us, regardless of sexuality, any gender, it's going to hit all of us. So if we, if we all accept that that happens and it doesn't mean you've made the wrong choice, then you can get on with the business of, okay, well, what can we do to, you know, to sort of stop this happening? But otherwise you will end up getting stuck in this sort of groundhog day of getting together, sex is all lovely, and then you leave on the sex low and then you're back on the sex high and you leave. And so, so no, stay with this guy. You are not regretting it. It is going to happen with everybody. And I wish somebody had told me that when I was about 25, because it would have stopped a lot of heartache because I kept changing and thinking, oh no, this isn't going to, you know, this next one is going to be great. But no, what you can do is try and separate sex from love in your relationship as much as you possibly can. So say you're a 
very loving, and it tends to happen to the couples who are really close. So if you're really loving and soppy and romantic when you're not having sex, when you're having sex, don't be that person. Be a sexy, mean, selfish person. Imagine that you only want to have that. The only reason you're with your partner is for sex. Think of them like that. Bring out that sort of side. <laughs> you know, that, that you don't be all, oh, darling, dear, I love you, and don't be all kissy, kissy, intimate sex. Have, have raw sex. Because if you can separate sex from love, you might have a chance of keeping both going. Do we have to do that growl? <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> mandatory from now on. Everyone okay. has to do that. Everyone, we can all practice the, the, I won't even try. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. I've been married for 20 years and I'm struggling to stay sexual with my partner. I find it such an effort to have sex with him, even though when we do, I usually don't find it too bad. How often do you have to have sex to keep the relationship going? Do I have to have sex if I really don't want to? My husband doesn't hassle me for sex, but he does really enjoy it when we do have it. And I want to make him happy. We get on really well and life is happy otherwise. Right. People are probably going to bristle with indignation when I say this, but I think that in a long-term relationship that's monogamous, you do sometimes have to have sex when you don't really feel like it. I think it's unrealistic and naive to think that if you're in a long-term relationship that every single time you want to have sex or your partner wants to have sex, that you're both going to want it at the same time. I think it's really, and I mean, you don't say in your wedding vows, I promise to love, honour and shag, but you basically are saying that, aren't you? You kind of are. I mean, if you're saying to somebody you're not allowed to sleep with somebody else, you kind of have to, you have a moral obligation to satisfy their sexual desires on a reasonably regular basis. I would say. It's not a popular way because everyone's very much like I shouldn't be doing anything that I don't want to. And I hasten to add here, I'm not talking about, you know, awful, toxic, you know, violent, horrible relationships where you are being forced into unwanted sex. I'm talking about the average couple who are a bit like, do we have to, can't we just watch another, you know, squid games or whatever? You know, I'm talking about that sort of level, okay? And this is the problem. And another myth we have about sex, we all think that the primary or the only motivation to have sex is feeling like sex. Well, there are many other motivations. There are, you're doing it because it makes your partner happy. You're doing it because you value your relationship. You're doing it because you know your partner would do the same thing for you. You're doing it because you feel committed, because you feel great afterwards, because, you know, you want the health benefits of it. There are many other motivations to have sex that aren't tied up with feeling like sex. And the spin-off usually is, as this lady says, once she starts doing it, you kind of feel like doing it anyway, you know, because watching your partner arouse makes you arouse. It can, you know, you can feel like not not like sex at all and suddenly start having sex and you're like, oh, actually, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll go there. <laughs> now, <laughs> in my experience, I would say my estimate would be around about 20 to 25% of the times that you have sex as a long-term couple, it's for your partner, not yourself, Right. I did a bit of research on this, and a lot of therapists put that at 50%. They say 50% of the time that you're having sex with your partner, one of you is basically doing it for the other one. I I think that's awfully high, don't you? Yeah. I think that's pretty high. I reckon my estimate's probably more realistic. I hope it is. I mean, certainly it's not what you expect. I mean, if you told somebody at 18, this is what it's going to be like, that, you know, it's like, oh, really? Not doesn't quite fit into your sort of giddy, idealistic view of what sex is going to be. But I think any person who's ever been in a long-term relationship knows that it's part of the rich tapestry of long-term relationships and trying to keep each other happy. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. 
I would absolutely agree with myself and you. (laughs) So how much is enough? I think that's so personal and I'm asked this so much. I always think once a week is something to aim for as a good general thing. But if you've been together for 20 years, I think this person has been together. I don't know how old you are. Maybe once a fortnight. I think once a month, come on, most people can do that. So anywhere between that really is enough. But it's what's enough for you. I mean, if you absolutely fancy sex three times a day, that's going to be nowhere near enough. But that's enough to keep the intimacy going in the relationship. You said once a fortnight? Is that what you said? Once a fortnight? Is a yeah. fortnight in a fortnight is two weeks? Yeah, sorry, a fortnight's two weeks. So so once a week's ideal. Once a fortnight's okay. Once a month, you know, if they, you've been together 20 years and you're, you know, 60 odd, that's fine. You know, that's quite good. So it's so personal. It's really, really, really personal. But don't just do that, okay, we're now ready for our fortnightly or two-weekly sex session. You've got to turn it around from thinking, do I have to do it? To yes. I want to do this. It's going to make my partner happy. I quite enjoy doing it. But how can we make it exciting this time? You can't just have it in there. You've got to have something like, okay, well, maybe we'll watch a sexy film and I'll give you oral or you'll give me oral or, you know, maybe we'll try. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just a new room, new position, try out a sex toy, just something different every single time. So it's turned the whole thing around. Hmm. I like it. So it's like you have some goals, right? You're crossing things off the list. Like... (laughs) not just it's almost like you know have dinner well you don't just go have dinner do you You go well tonight I'm going to make a stir fry with prawns and you know like you you don't just have the same thing all the time we've got to start thinking of sex like that because we treat sex like that ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. That's awesome. That's great, great advice. Okay, number three. It is. It's really great, although I don't like prawns. Can you give me some practical tips on how to keep desire going in a long-term relationship? I'm a lesbian and don't want to fall victim to lesbian bad death. And I know this is some... What? Oh, bad death. Sorry. I was wondering, what is bad death? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to fall victim to that either. Okay, I don't want to fall victim to lesbian bed death. And I know this is something all couples find difficult. We're only a year in and sex is still awesome. What are some things we can do to make sure it stays that way? And what is bed death? (laughs) (laughs) Lesbian bed death is this concept that if you put two women together, they're going to have less sex and they're going to, you know, stop having sex much earlier than if you put two men together or a woman and a man because of the, you know, going on the premise that men enjoy sex more than women, which is false. So lesbian bed death turns out to be false as well. In fact, 
So many studies have proved that actually lesbians have more orgasms and more satisfying sex than straight people. So she doesn't have to worry about lesbian bed death. In fact, we all have to worry about not being lesbians because she'll probably fare better than the average straight couple. So put that out of your head. And also, I know this person is going to have great sex. And the reason why I know that, and she gets a trillion stars for this, is that she's worrying about the sex in the future while sex is still awesome, as she says, right? Most people worry about sex or think, hmm, maybe I should do something, when they've had boring sex for about 25 years. So to be preempting, look, I know this is going to happen, is absolutely fantastic. And that is number one tip. Don't expect that sex is just going to continue like this because, as we said, spontaneous desire disappears and off you go and it's like, wow, where did that go? So anticipate it and start doing things before it starts going downhill. So the thing is about this whole how do you keep loss going long term, there isn't you know, having written 17 books with all the theme is basically that, isn't it, really? That's what we're all out for. There is no one solution. Just do this and you'll be fine. It's lots of little things that you have to do and they all add up to keeping yourselves interested in each other. So it's lots of little steps and it's things like spending time apart. This is really important for lust and desire. You go out there in the world, you come, I mean, I often go out without my partner on a Thursday night, I go out with my girlfriends, I come back and he's like, oh, what happened? And, and I'm coming back like, oh, this happened and that happened. And, you know, you come back excited with something to talk about, you know? There, you know, when I go off, he's thinking, well, is she going to run into anyone attractive? Are they, anyone attractive going to look at her? It's good for you. Keeps you on your toes, stuff like that. And what also keeps you on your toes, toes is to stop being boring buggers. Don't do the same thing all the time. Because the more novelty you have in your life, the more that sort of has a knock-on effect to sex. So if you're really quite interesting people and you're out and about doing lots of things, you tend to have a much more satisfying sex life because you're not doing the same thing over and over right? Look as good as you can is important because if you don't like the way you look, you're not going to want to get naked. So being healthy is really important. Exercise, get out there, but also don't get too caught up in that either. You know, be a bit hedonistic sometimes. Have a, you know, like, doesn't matter what we eat, let's just drink and be merry and, you know, have those sort of times as well. And I think what's really important long-term is to have regular check-ins on how it's all going. Because, we are all a bit guilty. Like, say, I, I, you know, the first time I had sex with my husband, you know, I tickled his feet while I was touching his penis, right? And he went, wow, that was amazing. You know, then you tend to do it every single time. And he doesn't, he feels a bit embarrassed turning around and saying, look, the first time you did that, that was great. But, you know, you've done it a hundred times now <laughs> and I'm bored. <laughs> so, you know, we change. We want different things, you know, as time goes on. So it's really good to have a check-in and say, do you still like it when I do it like that? Would you like it another way? Do that as regularly as you can. Don't do what I call press the button sex because the longer you're with someone, the easier it is to know exactly what to do to make them orgasm. And you cut all the corners and you've had sex and you, you, you've basically done everything in the time you could make a cup of tea. So don't do that. And something else I always find quite useful, again, not a popular piece of advice, but damn, it works, is if you're about to have sex with your partner and you know it's going to be a bit boring, have a fantasy pre-prepared in your head of something really hot and don't censor yourself. It could be anything. It could be the dirtiest sex with the person you shouldn't be having it with. Just have that ready to go in your head. 
If you, when you are having sex with your partner, play that fantasy in your head, don't tell him, keep it to yourself, sex is hotter because that person that you've had sex with millions of times becomes this person in your fantasy. And it makes sex better. And then it keeps you, and then it makes, suddenly you're back in the room with your partner because the sex is hot. It works for everybody and everybody should do it. It really does make a difference. No one likes the idea of thinking that their partner's having sex with somebody else in their head, but everybody does it. So you might as well use it to your advantage. What do you think of that one? I think that's great. And while you were talking, I started having this idea that I think we should do as an outgrowth of what you were saying, particularly from your last question, but also this question, which is like to to counteract the, not boredom, but the the resistance that people in long-term relationships feel about having sex. I loved how you said you should think about it like the dinner menu. So what if we produce, Tracy, like a little, almost like sex bingo or something, like a little card or like a, like, and people have to cross off in a given month, these challenges. So everybody has a goal. So it could be like, you know, I don't know. Sex in a chair. Tie each other up. Yeah, sex in a chair or do this or I can't even say, but you know what I mean. So like, (laughs) so there are like nine things and maybe we have some, maybe we put it on our website and people can like, I don't know, like, yeah, like tick them off or we show how many people are ticking them off or we like, I don't know, because then people, when they think about it, they'll have some other goal in mind and then it'll probably make things really great because then they'll just start doing the things and Mm. then having fun and then you know, it's like starting to go to the gym again, right? Yeah. Once you have, and like we a have whole to do thing. it as well. Yeah, <laughs> and we have to do it as well. Okay, <laughs> and give. I don't know. Challenge. I think it could be really interesting if people. Yeah, actually I get think it. so too. And you know what else? I think people. The reason why sex books sell is because. You can't think of it. It's like, you know, come up with 50 things to prepare for dinner and suddenly you go blank. So if we've already put the things out there for the people, then it's going to be easy to do. I could easily put together something like that. Or or it's just like a challenge of the week, right? Because you're saying people should try to have sex at least every two weeks, right? If not. Yeah. So what if every week, like people subscribe or something to this tip of the, like your tip of the week becomes like, and here's your... You know, this week try this, and okay. here's your I, challenge this week. <laughs> I don't oh. know. No, no, no. Maybe something I don't like know. that. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, let me think it through. But I think there's something okay. there. I think it could be a fun thing that, like, kind of everybody does. Not together, obviously, but like you know that like everybody is, tra- <laughs> is a trying challenge. to do this one thing. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, they could, and they could, and you could all report back, and we could all tick along. Tick if you've tick on the website if you've done this challenge. Yeah. Because I do you find it extraordinary about sex. Because say like the person who said I've been with somebody for twenty years. Say you move into a house together in those twenty years, right? Say you move into this apartment that I'm sitting in now, and I didn't do anything for twenty years to this apartment. You'd have paint falling off. You'd have t- you know, grouting come out of tiles, you know, the floor would all be scuffed, it'd be falling around and it would be a horrible environment if you did no maintenance. But yet we think about sex, we just expect our sex lives to stay bright and fresh and perky with no maintenance whatsoever. Interesting. We just do that. But the average couple does nothing to refresh their sex life. The mm. average couple does Absolutely. We do everything in the start and then round about three or four years in, it's like, yeah, whatever. And they do hardly anything unless something happens, like one of them has an affair or they realise they haven't had sex for like five years. So you've got to do that. You've got to do something new and refreshing and a challenge, you know, regularly, really. 
So that's not a bad idea. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think on this and I think we could come up with something funny. And if people are listening and have thoughts okay. or if you have um, a good way to do this or you think it would be fun, just you know, go to our website, sextalkpod.com and where it says enter a question, just enter a comment or you could always email it info at zibbyowens.com. That's info at zibbyowens.com. So if anybody has an idea about this or thinks it would be fun or whatever, send an email if you want. Okay, We're almost out of time. Sex tip of the week, Tracy. Right. In case I've made this clear all the way through, which I think I have, remember if you are tempted to start afresh that new lovers turn into old lovers very, very quickly. And that sort of, you know, brain spanking, fault-free relationship can very quickly just turn into exactly what you're leaving now. So just be careful that you're not swapping old for new and thinking that new is going to stay new forever because it won't. Yeah. It's always... You're always part of that equation. You can't get rid of you. (laughs) (laughs) All your same issues will rear up in whatever relationship you're in. So (laughs) that's exactly what will happen. Well, there you go. We won four awards. Yeah, four awards. Great episode today. I love, you know, I, some of these are more applicable than others, but as a serial monogamist, I feel like this was particularly relevant. So thank you for that. And, you know, (laughs) I'm excited. Yeah. Have a great week. And I'm going to start thinking about how we can do this sort of of yes. challenge to get people thinking about sex like fabulous dinner meals and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how we should be thinking, how we should be thinking about it. All right, same time next week. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Tracy. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. 